Hello, and welcome to Stirring the Pot, Entertainment Stew's premier pop culture podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek, the first and the last, and today we have... It's me, Asia. And... Sam. So, perfect timing to have this episode. Main topic of the episode is about sports, and March Madness was last month. Mm-hmm. We're currently in the middle of... Uh, the NBA Finals, you know, we're all we're all very geeked out about sports here at the house. Slam Dunk is having a revival. Slam Dunk is having a revival. After I've been saying that we should watch it for the last few months, I'm just saying I didn't see this coming. But Blue Lock be, finished season one. Uh, I still need to get into Blue Lock. Uh, from the clips I've seen, I seem to like it, but it's just you know, Subasa. I mean, the video game was really fun. If it if it's taking you a moment, you could always. You know, start with an anime that's already done, like Slam Dunk. Just or Subasa. Or Kuroko No Basket. Yeah. Or Haikyuu. Haikyuu's not done. Is it not done? The manga's done. The anime is not done. Oh, well, I guess if you like reading. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into that. But uh, before we talk, can get into that conversation, hey guys, it's been a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Megacon was very tiring. Us. but it was really nice it's really nice our schedule got really messed up so we're currently trying to get back on schedule with all the internal content we're making mm-hmm. uh, we'll have more announcements for that later um we finished up a large chunk of recordings for the world of ala um Ooh. super excited for you guys to see those episodes w-o-v the there's been a few questions in the last few episodes those are going to be tackled within our empty calories this week we'll look at them later um but yeah, thanks guys for rocking with us. Of course, I'm glad that we have such an understanding fan base that um, we can disappear for a bit, mm-hmm. occasionally post to Instagram, and our numbers still can stay consistent. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, guys. Give yourself, <laughs> give yourself a round of applause. I appreciate that you have realistic expectations. Give yourself a pat on the back. It's like everyone hears that, yeah, you guys are teachers. And then everyone's just like, yeah, we got it. You're cool. You can disappear for a bit. Um, so I can't ever quit my job. <laughs> Uh, we disappear. No one calls the police. No one comes looking. Yeah, yeah. Where are they? World of Valis still keeps coming up because I have them on a schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> um, Megacod. This year was the second year in a row that we were attached to the creator stage. That was really Woo-hoo! fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see the people who showed up to our creator stage this year. Um, it was really fun. It started out with like three people and then it exploded into... So many. more than three, more than three, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at, at least the whole, ten. The whole area was filled. Yeah, I'm gonna say that was maybe like I don't know, five million. It's <laughs> <laughs> a rough estimate. You yeah. know? <laughs> Beyonce um, tuned in. You know, I I know where I pee just. Um, that podcast is coming out soon, but again, because of our all our content stuff, that might not hit until after this round of tests are ending at school. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might get it in like May or early June, but it's coming. Yeah, if you're in Florida, you know. <laughs> um, other than that, the love and appreciation we got for our, all of our um, panels at MetroCon, mm-hmm. which was the first year that we Megacon? didn't have. Sorry, MegaCon. It was the first year that we didn't have a ton yeah. of panels mm-hmm. at the convention. So it was one of our early times that we got to enjoy the convention, but mm-hmm. also we were selling, so we didn't end up. We were working in a different way. Yeah, um, but guys, Megacon's really fun. I know that sounds weird because we've been going for the last like six years mm-hmm. or so, but um, they have a lot of stuff to check out. Yeah, we never get a chance to check out. Typically, 
as uh, funny enough, as our company gets bigger name wise, mm-hmm. we end up doing less panels at conventions. Where when we started out really small, we had to uh, do like a ton. Yeah, we doing like I think we did like twenty almost. Oh my god, not twenty. No, um, like last year. Home at we did like fourteen or fifteen. Jesus. One year. Yeah. Well, well. MegaCon last year we did about ten or eleven. Wow. It all blurs together. Yeah. And then we had become one single-minded in my pursuit for a good panel. And then with that, with MetroCon in mind, that's fun. That's great. Our next big convention that was coming up is MetroCon, which we are going to be guests for. We are announcing the first round of guests so we can actually talk about it with you guys. Yeah, we're famous. (laughs) (laughs) We're never going to die. We we already know what panels we're going to be doing. I don't know Mm -hmm. if we're allowed to say those yet, but... Um, as time mm-hmm. comes, you guys are going to be excited for it. It's yeah. going to be fun. It's going to be a departure of some things from Entertainment Sue, but mm-hmm. it all keeps the same core and belief that what Entertainment Sue stands for. Mm-hmm. What do we stand for? Uh, we stand for that you could kind of get something from every piece of media you consume. That not every piece of media isn't just... Is There's no like waste of time media. Yeah. You can learn anything from any type of thing that you watch. Even something that's very inane. Yeah, like what I learned from reality shows is that uh, some people are dumb. Sorry, I was just, I don't understand <laughs> that the like manipulation of like. <laughs> so I think you said something a lot deeper. Where it's like, yeah, um, the people on Love Island are trapped on an island, and now they're pr- tricking themselves into thinking that they're in love. Like in uh, Love is Blind, um, you're not really in love with these people. You just don't see them, and you don't have any interaction the with the outside is, world want, at all. The funny thing is, if you wanted a deep thing, I was just gonna say that all of reality TV is a lie and it's a sort of reality that people want to be in existence but it doesn't actually exist it's the perfect manicured lives with artificial drama that ultimately doesn't matter that people crave it's realistic fiction yeah and well, you could pull, you could you pull that it. from it like the thing is i'm not i'm not this isn't the topic of the yeah thing. but like even if you're watching um keeping up with the derrickson Oh, doubling w- down with the Derrickson? Yeah. It's a you, oh, I'm sorry. Is that a real thing? Yeah. You just it's a kind go- of like me- munch up your own name? No, it's a real <laughs> it's show. It's a real show. It's a real show. Okay. It's, about, like, like, it's about like this couple in like Orlando, I think. No, they're, they're in Las Vegas. Las Vegas? Yeah. But yeah, they had like, they kept on having kids. And it's like they had one daughter. And then the next set of kids that they had were twins. And then the next set of twins they had were triplets. And then I think they had quadruplets. Or two sets of, or and I think they have another set of twins. It's yeah, doubling down with the Derricos. Derricos. Yeah, Karen and Dion Derrico are parents to four sets of multiple kids. Why? Fourteen kids, including quintuplets, conceived naturally. I gotta be real. At some point, that just—it's like it seems. What do you call it? How do you have that much money? It, it seems. How are you? He's a real estate agent. People. The thing is, an equal amount of attention. The, the, I don't want this to be taken as gospel, but I always thought that they're not as rich as they perceive. perceive. No. But the true. thing is, it's like because of TLC money, they can kind of pretend to be richer than they actually are. That's fair. Because he's a realtor, but that's also fourteen kids. And I think she's like Dang, a stay-at-home mom. How do you yeah. like? But I feel like you're right. I feel like it's like hard to like. Give all your kids an equal amount of attention. And I feel it's kind of like they had a bunch of kids to have a gimmick. And they don't care about the kids individually. They only care them about them as the gimmick of having, like, 12 kids. Yeah. 14. Just, 
14? Quit <laughs> quit lowballing them. I'm staring at this picture and hey, I don't pretend to know anything about anyone who does reality TV. I understand that I'm being fed things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a farce. We're all just playing pretensies. Mm -hmm. But, and this is everyone's personal journey. After, after you accidentally have like, quadruplets wasn't that enough for you yeah don't you stop don't you stop even After, kate had only eight kids the thing is i just it's like that's a lot of kids mm -hmm. we're not you don't have to you, you don't need them to work the farm for you or anything the infant mortality rate has gone down drastically they, they both grew up as only children and they're like yeah we never want our kids to grow up to be alone see and, and this is why everyone needs a sibling because that's selfish the thing is i feel like having a sibling humbles you because i feel like you're like oh i don't want that many kids because they'll always be fighting yeah yeah having this... one sibling you appreciate them if you have 12 other siblings oh this show didn't get canceled oh it's still going they had another kid oh my god one oh. anyways i'm sorry. so sorry His instagram says father of 15 with hopefully father more 15 well hopefully more how old is the, you're his just wife. saying that you don't mean that how, how old what is his wife mean, hopefully adopt why are you bringing more kids into the world you got her like this adopt she's 43 well i mean that's fine but that's too many is Dang, there a such from, thing as too many kids i feel like there is they're both from michigan so you uh, know you know Dang. You know what we feel about those people from Michigan. You know, D-Town, you know. <laughs> D-Town. Pontiac. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? No, where are they from? Detroit. E-Town. <laughs> okay, I get it. Oh, you're wearing your Detroit shirt. <laughs> this, oh yeah, I guess this is my Detroit. It does say Detroit on it. That's fair. I, I've worn it so much I kind of forgot. It's melded into part of my being. So, yeah. So, make <laughs> me thing. You can pull... <laughs> You can pull something from anything. Yeah, we have ADHD. We got we got lost a little. That's our bad. Is there a point at which it is irresponsible to keep having more kids? The thing is, I know this is this is an entertainment group and not a lifestyle group. I feel like yes. I feel like that's the point. I feel like more than ten, like because we don't live on farms where it's like you need a lot of people's and, help. And My, then on top of that, like a lot of these are like. The ones you see are just nuclear families with, like, two people. Yeah. If it was, like, a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Like, like cousins whole, and aunts. Yeah, and... like, if you had your parents, your siblings, and then maybe one or two more people, I don't know, just to keep it funky, like, like then. A, like a full house situation. Yeah. Everyone's raising their kids together. Then you collectively have 14. Everyone's pitching in. It takes a village. For two people? That's a classroom. That's I'm sorry. That's a classroom. Also, it's like, I feel like at a minimum, you like you spend like, I feel like you also have to have, have like this, alone time with your kids. So it's like, right? if you spend like an hour with each kid, the day is already finished. That's a one room schoolhouse. Everyone has a day and it's on every other, it's bi-weekly schedule. Yeah, baby. No, you know, this is Cassandra's week, but she was sick last week and you already spent time with her. I know, I know, baby. But last time we tried to mess up the schedule, it took us three years to get back on track. Please. So we watched the first episode, and the first episode was a lot of them complaining about how, yeah, a lot of the parents complaining that we don't have enough alone time for each other. And I was just like, well. Well, maybe you have too much alone time. You have 14 kids. 15. Buddy, 15. Buddy. Like, what did you think after the first kid? Like, that one girl looks grown. 
That one girl looks yeah, nineteen. Yeah, the like the, the oldest one is just kind of a third parent yeah. for all right? the other smaller children. That's not children. fair. That's not I didn't fair. ask you to keep having kids. Anyways, MegaCon was great. We're looking forward to MetroCon. And now, what's next on the docket? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna turn into a completely different podcast. Dismissed. <laughs> So, <laughs> hard stuff. The artistry of sports, sports asterisk the first twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it sports. Here. Yes. So at twelve minutes at thirty six seconds, we're gonna start talking about sports. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, anyone here at the table a fan of sports? That was a cold open. I feel like not traditional sports. It depends. Like I it like depends. I like watching dance and stuff. So I feel like those are sports, but I feel like they're not considered like traditional like. Point keeping, point Even keeping then, sports. I'm competing against you directly on the yeah. same field. Yeah, the there's a team time. of like eight and eight, a Derek, the Derek Hose, if you will. <laughs> I hate this. Don't. Uh, We're gonna get some kind of Don't tempt it. So with this um, episode, we want to examine a core question that one that we have at a that we has we have as a panel, as well as an upcoming article that we go more in depth about it. Within our um, our magazine, our magazine potluck. So get we want it? to use this as an example. <laughs> Do you get it? Sorry, everyone keeps asking me the name of our magazine. I was like, yeah, it's potluck. And then I feel like it becomes fish islands on me, and it's just like, it's clever, isn't it? <laughs> it's clever. <laughs> so we have a podcast called Empty Calories. I don't another need another podcast you. called Stirring the Pot or Entertainment Stew. <laughs> Do you get it? I don't it? need you to pat me on the back. I'm doing it myself. <laughs> So Wait, uh, our sh- our show about video game challenges, mystery menu. Do you get it? <laughs> the naming convention of this is so fire. <laughs> How embarrassing! Talk about sports. <laughs> it's so um, as someone who's been super into sports, because uh, I looked up one day and realized that when I was in high school, when I was a younger man, um, I did a ton of sports, mm-hmm. and sports dominated my life for a good. Five years, because I started in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I started in middle school, eighth okay. grade. Okay, yeah, my bad. <laughs> I was like, that's more than five. But the entire time that I played sports, I did not care about them. I did track and field. I did cross country. I played football. I played wrestling. I did weightlifting. Um, I did tennis for a bit. I tried to do swimming until they were just like you were too slow. Um, I tried out for basketball, but I am five eight, so you know. Yeah, people people dunk. Um, Slam dunk. Watch it now, kids. Um, I tried to do volleyball, but my county was just like, boys don't do that. Yeah, they cut the volleyball team. Yeah, I tried to do volleyball, but it was a whole thing. I didn't get. I didn't have a ride to the practice. Loser. I'm just kidding. Um, And so sports have always been a part of my life. I just did not care about watching them. Mm -hmm. Like honestly, you could not pay me to sit down and like talk about sports or watch professional athletes do sports. And then I feel like that's, um, I feel like one, that's an interesting point of view to come from because I feel like in order for you to get better at sports, you kind of have to consume the masters of the sports. You have to see how they analyze. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what they do did not care. They got off the football field, did not know who won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Did not have a favorite team. So I think as you said that, I was like, oh, I feel like all the examples that I have of sports is, like, my my dad inviting all of his friends over for, like, the Super Bowl or, like, just, like, for football in general. And then them just yelling at the screen the whole time. But they don't really explain what's going on. So I'm like, do you know what's going on? The thing is, sports 
are one of those things where you don't have to be superhuman. Anyway, like you just do sports. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like okay. oh, I also played soccer. What a jock! Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You no. got three more in the docket. You do shot put. Yeah. Billards. So that was part of track and field. You know. Oh, is this? You do long jump? No, I was. Did you, you go do pole vault? Oh, I did do pole vault. You got the record in high school. Yeah. I did get the record in high school, but only because no one did it in my high school. <laughs> no one else did it. Well, you know, your plaque's up there. <laughs> it's still yeah. Anyways, but, sorry. Yeah, sorry. the rest of my sentence. It's not like it's not like ooh, doing magic, really cool stuff. Like you could just do sports. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like okay, I'm gonna watch someone else do something I could just get up and do. So I'm gonna spend an hour of my time watching the sport when I could just I don't know go to the YMCA or something. Mm-hmm. I could just sign up for a team. I feel like it's a really good way to put it because we do a lot of stuff within fantasy, and then the thing is watching someone do magic. That's dope. That's cool. Like if magic existed in I our do magic, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, sports. It's like okay. I, I... No matter your skill level, you can find some people to play with, and then you can just play it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't start personally caring about sports until around 2020 when the pandemic happened and we were stuck in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I started getting up. Then Asia forced us to sit down and watch Haikyuu. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. A lot of times, on a side note, a lot of times with an anime, um, if you see us interact with Asia in our panels and we seem like we defer to her with like anime stuff, it's because Asia is the one that recommends and brings in a lot of the newer anime in the house. Yeah. They're first vetted by Asia. I, I feel like Asia, if, if you get an Asia recommendation, it's always like top it's tier. Peak. Like it's Asia, peak. Doesn't, Asia doesn't tolerate any kind of subpar media <laughs> like, at all. Asia's probably my favorite like media consumer consumer mm-hmm. because asia does not have time for the dredges of media mm-hmm. which is something that i can't say about myself yeah i, 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 I watch just, nonsense i watch nonsense and i hate myself for it asia my time's too precious <laughs> i'm not doing this i have other things i want to do no that's fa- the thing is this is literally us praising you no i appreciate you. it because whenever i because thing is sometimes you know when you get recommendations from someone you're just like yeah sure sure i'll watch that i'll watch the last of us whatever but when asia's like yeah asia like asia's like yeah you have to watch the last of us i'll watch it immediately yeah everyone's been telling me it's saying oh watch the mandalorian watch the last of us asia you you watch what, it what you hear about it asia mm, it's i'm not gonna do that right now <laughs> Like, people would come up to us and be like, yeah, you got to watch Violet Evergarden after a panel. And then I try to watch it. It it's sucks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This is, this is a bold place. We haven't even gotten to the sports. We just keep talking about other shows. We, we haven't been here in a while. We have, to, like, we have a lot of thoughts about the world in general. Violet Evergarden, trash. Any, any, like, Violet Evergarden, trash. Violet Evergarden is just Shugo Kara, but with more steps. The thing is, the unfortunate thing is that I feel like in a lot of shoujo-esque things, Pedophilia is just there. Mm-hmm. And I've spent so... Gaku and Alice. Oh my I gosh. wanted to like it so much. I really wanted to. I almost got to, what, like 200? I got past 100 chapters. Mm-hmm. We were deep in Gaku and Alice. Mm-hmm. Buddy. Yeah. No, there's uh, there's too many. It got it, it became overwhelming. Fruits Basket? I love me friends Fruits Basket. Me and Fruits Basket. Like, core bond right mm-hmm. there. One of my first anime slash mangas. There is... There, there's some, there's, there's some, you know, it's not great, too, but it's like, 
I hate how much you have to bracket sometimes. Because yeah. the only reason I like bracketed Gawkinaus because I was like literally like ten when I watched Ugh, it. It was so much. But you know what's not so much? Sports. Sports. Angel's <laughs> recommendation of Coracle No Basket. I, I did sorry. not ever <laughs> recommend that. Oh. Ever in my life. Do you mean IQ? No. Um, slam dunk. Slam dunk. Also asterisk. There's a little bit of bracketing. But um, with Asia and sports animes, I never watched any sports animes until Asia got into me. Like, I got, I did Ice Shield 21, but I was a kid and didn't pay attention to quality of anything. So I don't know if Ice Shield 21 is good. Prince of Tennis, I don't know if Prince of Tennis is good. I watched I it when I was a kid. I have to go back and look at Prince of Tennis. I'm yeah. also not sure if it was good. But. Toonami Jetstream. Throwback. But as an adult who has feelings and emotions and trapped during the pandemic, um, Asia made us watch Haikyuu, and it made me want to go out and change my entire life to you, invent Time Machine, to go back in time and right? play volleyball. I wish I had actually made the volleyball team yeah. when I was younger. Is, I, was I just, know what's happening. It's our second day of practice. The, the thing is, uh, legitimately, Haikyuu led to me becoming a volleyball coach at my school because it does such a good job teaching you about the sport of volleyball. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily go out and try to do the same thing. Get some chops, buddy. Hey, we had a losing record with me as a coach, so you know. I don't know. Mm. But like, there was like, there was like no one up to be the coach. Factors. There are a lot of factors. There are a lot of factors. If y'all. you weren't the coach, there wouldn't be a team. No one else so, would be the coach. And so, sports started. I started caring more about sports while examining a narrative that went alongside it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be like I, I'm going to say this, but I hate the way this makes me sound. I only started caring about sports. When, when I started watching sports anime. Mm-hmm. And then I played Captain Tsubasa, yeah. Rise of New Champions, and I created my own character. That was fun. And it was so fun to fall in love with soccer, even as a middle schooler. Because mm-hmm. you play a middle schooler in the game. A buff middle schooler. Yeah. They're so, like, they're like six feet tall. Unrealistic. Yeah. But it was spectacular. It was amazing. And it was funny that those two got, got me into it because they are such visually opposites of each other mm-hmm. where high where high it feels like it plays it straight there's no like power auras or mm-hmm. like it's like it's they're playing volleyball and it's realistic mm-hmm. and there's like like there's a lot of slow frame where they slow down like their technique they're, they're like kind of hyper thinking yeah. about their techniques which is really interesting if it caps Tsubasa, it's just like, well, he's about to hit that tiger shot, you know. I love tiger shot. <laughs> it, it always hits. A spectral tiger appears over your player. Mm-hmm. But those outside of the special effects of Tsubasa, I, let me got into and start appreciating sports for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that leads what us. Are they? Well, that leads us to our question Are sports art? What's art? What is art? So, let's talk about what sports first. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the easiest thing to define. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once right? you once you start, and this is the thing we always have to avoid in our panels, once you get into what's art, you lose, you're gone. Why are we here? You, you lose you the have to, Panel shut down, we're walking out. We're not, mm. Yeah, Van Gogh wasn't out here dunking, you know. It's, <laughs> the thing is, it's just such a wormhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what can we put as our definition of sports? Is it just... Anything physically exerting that's also... A competition? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Competitive play? Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's not like chess is a sport. 
I think tec- isn't just technically a sport. The thing is, I feel like under the definition of competitive game, it's like esports is a sport. But I feel like in that instance, we're talking about the act of, hey, the key thing isn't the physical exertion; it's mm-hmm. the competition aspect mm-hmm. and a set of rules. And the game is just you're operating within a s- mm-hmm. set of rules, mm-hmm. whereas here specifically we mean, ah, uh, I guess doesn't matter if we mean physical sports or not because I, like I we, feel like the argument maps even with things like chess and esports. According, I'm I'm gonna bring up the dictionary definition before we do our like academic know. definition for this. Um, the Oxford Dictionary says a sport is defined as an activity involving physical ex- exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Done. Um, for some reason, this website is just like, yeah, if we take this definition as gospel, it would be fair to say that chess does indeed fit into the sports category. Physical? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a, I mean, you it's physically... Mental. You're physically moving the pieces. No, not necessarily. Online chess, what's up? Mm, that's fair. I move the pieces. I developed telekinesis, and I start moving the pieces with my mind. Within the middle school esports circuit, chess is one of the sports for it. One of the huh. sports? Yeah. The thing is, should we, for the intents and purposes of this, bracket it to the physical, like the actually physically physical ones, mm-hmm. and then branch out once we hit that? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's stay with physical first, and then branch. Noise. That was going to be another 30 minutes, baby. Oh, that's funny. Give me a marker. Please. Please. Sorry, we're getting our whiteboards out. Would you also like a whiteboard, Sam? Uh, nah, it's okay. okay. I'll let you keep track of this. Um, Track of, like... Oh, it's a competition. <laughs> no, it's because sometimes with these longer winded uh, philosophical talks, sometimes I forget some of the first points made. Mm-hmm. So I was going to use this or actually if someone else can do it because I have terrible. Yeah, no worries. I got you. Oh, wait, is that what you're doing on the. No. Oh, and then we delegate. So. Mm-hmm. So we're just for now, we're just talking about physical sports. Is ignore me. Um, so physical sports include like basketball, soccer, like gymnastics. Yeah. Anything that's like physical, sweet. Um, Cheerleading. Yeah. Can we consider those things? Wait, sorry. So within sports within our current society, we kind of utilize sports in general to as a sort of escape escape. Escapism? Escapism? Yeah, escapism. Escapism, thank you. Sports are kind of like our one of our first escapism, where it's like people would go to watch and consume sports to forget about their daily life. Like, even now, um, economy's in the tank, but um, in New York, the Knicks are up 3-1 and one at the, um, in the NBA Finals, and people are, people are going crazy. They're going crazy. There's rioting in the streets because they're so happy mm-hmm. that the New York Knicks might get a have a chance to move on to the semifinals, not even the finals of the Eastern Conference. And so it's like the ultimate escape. During um, the pandemic, 
um, a lot of sports companies came together because it was just like, hey, like, we need to find a way to bring back sports safely because it's, it gives people something. In Orlando, they ended up creating something called the bubble, which was how the NBA did the 2020, finish off the 2020 season, Mm -hmm. where they put everyone in the same area and they played basketball there. Mm-hmm. And it was just a kind of a safe environment. There's no audiences, but it gave it gave sports fans something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're losing it. We're losing the sports fans. <laughs> we we got to give them a rope. And that and the, the thing is innovation. Sports means that much to so many people. Like it's a it's an activity that has no language barriers that mm-hmm. anyone can just see. A sports play and see the amazing the amazing um athleticism of it mm-hmm. um i recently got into world uh championship tag and oh I, that was so fun i got it i i started watching a video to make fun of it and then it quickly turned into ayo it made me want to redirect my whole life to play tag yeah to the, to the competitive level and so do you well, like parkour do you like running away from people do you like chasing people it's that's world championship. Maybe tag. this is for you. They're uh, so and they're so pleasant about it. They're so, yeah, it's such a great sportsmanship. It's like, oh man, you got me. You tagged me. And so, despite everything that this should talk about how important sports are to us to society, um, now we can ask ourselves the question: Can sports be art? So now we have to look up the yeah. definition of art. No, we're not going to do no. that. No, the thing is, when no, no, that. No. No, 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 that's fair. <laughs> I wasn't so, joking. That's no, sorry. The, like, don't try to. Who's no, out there trying to define art right now? Yeah. No, no, that's fair. So I never, I'm never in the panel for these panels. Oh yeah, you're never there. You never see how quickly it evolves. It, ooh, no, yeah, we can't touch that. The thing is, performance because you brought up like things like gymnastics, ice skating, dance, cheer, all of those where it's a competition, but it's like one group takes the stage does a literal performance mm-hmm. and then leaves the stage and it's all like racked up by points. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just an automatic yes, because if we already consider things like ballet sport, like there's already the artistry mixed in within those. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's just an automatic yes. Yeah. Those type of sports. It's like, the thing is, I don't have an argument against those type of sports because as you said, especially compared to like football, um ballet like it's the technical aspect is impressive but also there's that visual aspect to it where in football you can be ugly like yeah. football uh baseball basketball soccer, basketball you can be ugly it doesn't need to like you don't have to be you don't have to impress anybody if you yeah. get the point that's all that matters yeah. there's no like kind of perf- like there's no kind of like a like front facing persona, you have to keep on like you know you're like physically like physically demanding. You don't like, you don't have any kind of front facing persona that you have to portray throughout. You don't have to. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you don't have to have a show face. Yeah. Thank you. And I think where I got lost it with the animes is that, and what originally started this conversation is that the animes are a artistic representation mm-hmm. of sports. Like yeah. the, the anime at its base is art, but it's like that doesn't mean the sports they're conveying is necessarily art. I feel like <coughs> <coughs> I back. 
I feel like you can see that, like, when you bring up how Haikyuu is a more down-to-earth, ver- like, versus Subasa, which has, like, crazy, like, fantastical shots that actually the soccer ball is enveloped with blue aura with a phantasmal tiger. Mm-hmm. And, but they both play with, like, I guess the point is just kind of like the allegory, if you will. Yeah. You see th- when they're going up against Date Tech, you see like them, yeah, we're, we're jumping. We're three tall dudes and we're stopping the ball. But also they use the visuals of a literal wall coming out. Ooh, that one with, uh, what was it? It was the, um, it w- was it the semifinals or was it the finals of mm-hmm. season, I want to say three or four when they went up against, ah, Purple Team. Oh. With the Shira, um, or, is it Shira Torizawa? No, it's not. Yes, I think it is Shira Torizawa. It's something like that. If we're wrong, it's purple people. You get it. Where the visual representation of like the team whole pushing against the like relentless, unstoppable force and skill of this other player. Because they were the the other team was the Eagles and they were the Ravens and they also did the like, yeah the Ravens versus like birds of like prey type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's stuff like that. I feel like that pushes it. Like we can do these things because the animation is an art style. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like what you brought up of what got you into sports, you already you already like analyzing narratives, and once you realize that you could marry the two together, then that was it. Like. Do you really follow, when you're listening to you listen to sports, do you really follow, like, points and stuff? Or do you look up the points after you find an interesting narrative you want to follow, and then you use, like, their stats to back up the story? It's that one. That's how I do it. Yeah. Because the thing is, even, like, the most, the narrative I care about, there's two narratives I care about the most in this NBA Finals. And one, it's the Sacramento Kings, which is a team that's been last for like ever, Sacramento teams were Sacramento Kings were a joke. They got a new coach this year, and then they started winning. And now they're currently, uh, I think, third or fourth seed in the West, which means they're the third or fourth best team. But they're still a young team. Like everyone on the team is like twenty five years old or younger, so they have a chance to be better down the line. But they're going up right. So there's this whole thing where it's like when they made it the the Western Conference um, play in, it was just like. Oh, light the beam. And then there's this whole idea where it's just like, yeah, they're finally gonna... I feel like they take it from Lord of the Rings. You know that that scene where they, like, lit the torch to, like, hey, guys, get hyped. The war's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Everyone, like, the thing is, they won, and then, like, the people in charge of the arena, there was a giant light pillar that just shot into the sky. And then now they're going against the people who won, the team that won last year. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're the ultimate underdogs. They went up 2-1 against the other team. Um, They're currently losing now. But, like, the thing is, it's that excitement that, like, you want them to win because they never had it. And they're, like, good guys. You just want to see them win. But on the other end of that, there's um, the LeBron and the Lakers. LeBron is 38 years old. Next year, he'll be the oldest person that's playing in the NBA. Really? And he's trying to submit his legacy because even though LeBron has played for over 20 years, 
um, people still don't consider him one of the best of all time. Really? People still are like, well, Kobe was better than you. Um, Michael Jordan was better than you. Um, Stephen Curry is going to prove that he's better than you because you only have four rings. Michael Michael Jordan has six. Oh. And because and it comes down to the rings, but LeBron has always been put on. He's always been on bad teams where he's yeah. the best player and that he doesn't have the support to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um. And so he's desperately trying to cement his legacy before he retires. Because when you're 38 in basketball, you, like. That's different. Yeah. That's different. But he's still playing at a similar level to what he was 20 years ago. That's impressive. And so to watch him, like this 38-year-old old man that gets no dis- that gets no respect. Like the Memphis Grizzlies, the young team that they're going against right now. And they're hungry. They want to win. But they're taking the part as the antagonist where people are like, yeah, we don't give an F about LeBron James. And so he starts scoring 40 on us. Because he no one cares about him. He's an old man. And then LeBron, like he's not coming up to the trash talk. He's just like, hey. <laughs> I took that personally. But he's taking that personally because the thing is he did, he just dropped thirty on the on the guy that just said that about him. Wow! And so these type of narratives cause me to care more about the sport, but the sport itself doesn't like entice you as much. Yeah, because the thing is, you can. I'm sorry. I'm not not to pull your business out. I'm yeah. just analyzing this from how watching you get really into sports. Where it's like, it, these are narratives that you already have interest in, that you already kind of like to play with, that I see present in the world of Valor, where even like, this feels like it cheapens it a little bit, but like, even in shonen animes, mm-hmm. not to be like, oh yeah, I see that from my animes, but you know, or like, <clears throat> there are a lot of like, these narratives and stories being played out in it's not like you sit there and watch the game. You watch the highlights that add to the story and you mm-hmm. cut the fat, if that makes sense. No, exactly. But, and that's a way to consume things. It's like, like who cares? No one's showing up to your house being like, this is a sports police. Are you engaging in sports the right way, Derek? The thing is, I got to be real. None of my coworkers know I don't really consume sports, but I consume the yeah. narrative. And because I know what do people talk about? Yeah, you you people care more about the narrative yeah. because the thing is, Jump it's around. what connects us to these athletes. Because in mm-hmm. a bubble, like they're them playing sports well does not impact my life at all. Mm-hmm. They get paid multi million gamble. Yeah, <laughs> they pay multi million dollars to play sports, and I like get up every morning not wanting to go to work. You get a whole like, life, you know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't equate. It doesn't equate. But what does equate for me is a hell of a good story. And that's what people want at the mm-hmm. end of the day. This isn't me taking anything from the people who enjoy sports. I just hope you guys don't also take that away from me that where it's just like, sometimes just being in it, mm-hmm. exploring it is the fun part. Mm-hmm. Um, that's moves us on to talking about like I, when I brought up the um, Sacramento Kings and LeBron James and his Lakers, um, one thing that constantly popped up in the research for this topic, for the article itself, was the fact that people would bring up moments of sports that came off as artistic. Like Michael Jordan in his famous The Shot, where in 1989 there was like three seconds left in the game and he scored a point. He scored a perfect point to win the game. Mm-hmm. People talk about that, how that's like beautiful, how that's spectacular. Oh, sorry. I was going to bring up that Dwayne Wade one. The Glock and Mirari? Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, what? The one where Dwayne Wade, like... Wait, he, like, gives it to uh, Le- LeBron to, yeah, like... Yeah, that he poses with the picture. Out. Yeah, that's so funny. Alice is a good photo. The thing is, I guess... No, I'm sorry. I was going to throw out even that scenario that you gave could be treated as, like, a mini story. Mm-hmm. Is all of life not just the act of storytelling in which we are the masters yes. of our own pens or whatever? So. But, and if you unequivocally consider a good narrative to be art, then I don't know. The thing is, I was going to say yeah anyways, regardless of my personal opinion on sports, because the thing is, art is such a broad topic. Mm-hmm. So I'm skipping to the end. Art's such a broad thing that we have people arguing if, like, a banana peel on the ground put placed purposely is art or not. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a... Oh, sorry. I was going to mention that in, like, the MoMA. There's, like, just a urinal with someone's, like, artist's name signed on it that's on display that people watch, that people pay money for. And the thing is, I feel like when art is such a broad definition, mm-hmm. then, yeah any of these snippets of moments or whole moments could come off like a work of art, mm-hmm. whether or not you consider that work to be worth your time or of any quality, you know, mm-hmm. not to say, or high quality and very much worth your time. Like we like, so it's just, I guess the trappings around it. It's, I think that's where, well, I'm going to, that's why I'm going to have to bring up the philosophy that I used. Because the thing is, I I feel like you're right. I'm not going to touch the definition of art. But art is already at a base. We accept it to be such a broad thing that why can't sports be art? Mm-hmm. Right? But we're not going to touch that. Because that opens up to us to so many things. We're shutting that door. The we're philosophy a bit and now it's closed. comes from two uh, sports philosophers slash anthropologists. Um, and they, they say that there are two types of sports. Um, purposeful, purposive, and aesthetic sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, purposive sports, the success of the athletes themselves is not contingent about how graceful or aesthetically pleasing their play comes across. In other words, the person with the best form is not guaranteed to be the best player or to win the game. While aesthetic sports, the main contingent of it is its aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which kind of then turns us into uh, aesthetic philosophers examining this. Michael Jordan, the example of Michael Jordan, he, yeah, it was a beautiful shot, but he did it to win. Mm -hmm. And it didn't need to be beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, there was no, sorry. No, continue. So I would say like there's no purpose outside of it besides getting the point. Yeah. But at the same time. If what makes it a good story and a good narrative and what makes it this key moment is the fact that he did get the point, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like in, was it, purposeful sports? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we already bracketed, like, the aesthetic ones. That yeah, we've already. Performance-based. If what's beautiful about a moment is not necessarily how, like, success was achieved but more that it was achieved at all that they were successful Mm -hmm. if that's the kind of moments 
that people are looking for or like on the flip side if they are unsuccessful the narrative that that crafts once you zoom out do we really need to think about aesthetics because in that case sports fans looking at it through either did you succeed or if you didn't succeed and we zoom out later does this make a good narrative that's already uh what do you call it judging by a different criteria of like beauty i guess yeah mm-hmm. oh okay um that was really insightful so i was writing it down because i wanted to refer to it back to it later I think that's a really insightful way to look at it. I fear... No. Because once you start acknowledging that, you start kind of picking away at the philosophy itself. Mm -hmm. Where the philosophy, it's very quick to say purposeful sports because there isn't an aesthetic value to it. Right. Is not sports. But for the people that... It's not art? It's not art. But for the people that consume it, and if art doesn't have a standard definition, mm-hmm. wouldn't that just be considered art for them? The thing is, I feel like this is going to sound either pretentious or really stupid, but I feel like whatever added like romanticism people give or extra meaning people give to their lives that Mm. they can find i'm not gonna necessarily say joy in because not Mm. all art inspires like pure joy but like emotion i guess yeah that would be a pretty good catch-all uh not mm, mm. i feel like Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, throw you off your... No, no, I started doing that thing where I start thinking through the argument in my head, and I'm like, ah. But people romanticize their lives in little ways to get through, you know, life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the act of romanticizing your life and finding maybe not joy, but, like, I don't want to say something that's broad as emotion but fulfilling emotion i guess Mm -hmm. is i feel kind of counts as art if that makes sense yeah but at the same time ah no do they make a difference between art and beauty no they don't actually because the two are just kind of i have not read into aesthetics as much as i'd like to but Mm. I feel like the two are intrinsically tied where is art the act of like production and of if so then who's producing it is a sunset that we see considered art or is that just considered beautiful and aesthetically pleasing we, because no one necessarily made it. And I know we've touched on this when we've done this panel before. Mm-hmm. Home at 2021 we touched on this. Jesus Christ. Dude. You have good memory. It's it's because that the thing is I love everyone that came to that panel. That panel ended up getting really annoying because we got it was into like the nitty gritty. Five minutes in, someone was just like, "Yeah, but what's art?" And I was like, "Well, like." No, that's fair. That you did it to off. us. No. Yeah, and so I remember it being really annoying. In the rules, don't ask. 
it would be really annoying because people would bring up stuff like Color Guard, which... I'm sorry. Color Guard is annoying. No, no, sorry. <laughs> now I can't. It's... I'm sorry. You can't see my face. This is a podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, excuse me? <laughs> Color Guard's actually super cool and not annoying at all. That's just what the Asian did. Oh. It's... This what that I did was art, so booyah reverse. It's it's because the thing is I don't think it worked out. <laughs> I I was just like I, I remember saying I mean like it's color guard on art, and then there were like multiple color guard people and like dun 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 yeah they were in the crowd. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> we're literally a visual yeah, representation then, of the music. We literally classify under aesthetic sport. It was it was a breakdown that I got that I like that I was like okay. I can consider I can consider that an art. Mm-hmm. I can consider that a sport. And then we kind of got into a wormhole of people bringing up different sports mm-hmm. and being like, okay, so is that art? Yeah, because because the thing is, it's like so I, and then I had the argument with track and field, where um, track and field, you don't a lot of people don't realize it, but it comes down so much to a runner's perfect form. And then it's like it's something that I've seen that so many track people admire, just the perfect form of a runner Mm -hmm. i was like that can look amazing and because of that perfect form because of the aesthetics because the perfect form looks amazing Mm -hmm. it impacts the performance yeah of the actual yeah sorry and so it's like does that make it an art and we got lost on there and then we're gonna get we're gonna get stuck on the same path that we got stuck on during that panel when someone brought up professional wrestling oh which is the ultimate like performance Performance sport? Performance and persuasive? No, every every match is, like, kind of fixed in advance, I assume. No? What is the other word? It was aesthetic and purposeful. Yeah. The thing is, I just considered that one aesthetic because you're doing it to craft a narrative to show people. What do you, like, how do you decide what moves you do? You do it according to the music. How do you decide how a match turns out? You do it according to the music, and everything in between is either improv or they, like, practice. But the fact that they're good at their improv and that they can read each other is still part of the performance. Mm -hmm. If you have solo and ensemble and you didn't practice and you didn't prepare a thing and you go off of improv and... You get a good score. That's still art. Hi, I didn't get a good score. Just in case you're wondering how that was. Go for that. Well, true. Fair. Um, my, the only reason I was bringing up wrestling was because, for me, it's the perfect marriage between sports and art. Yes, I know we know who the winner is, right? They know who the winner is. But when I watch wrestling, I don't think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think about that there's a predisposed winner because the thing is, with wrestling, it asks you to lose yourself within it mm-hmm. and for a split second believe that this is real. Kayfabe. Yes, kayfabe. Yes, I know sports. Well, you, yeah. I, know, I know stuff. And so it's like the athleticism that's on display, mm-hmm. the natural charisma. Um, the beautifulness of like just being lost within the sport itself is something that I feel like a lot of people get from normal sports that I get straight from wrestling. It's an artificial version of it, but I feel like it's not without merit to bring up wrestling. We're having this talk about sports and art. 
I also feel like it's not without merit. You're right. We're all right. Good job, us. Nice. So what's our what's our conclusion conclusion? Conclusion is um life is short and then you die. So any brief fleeting <laughs> moment of happiness you can pull out of anything is art. And if sports is that for you and you are dizzied by the skill of play, the narrative that's crafted, mm-hmm. the people whose stats you're obsessing over. Mm-hmm. Go for it, baby. It's entertainment. Let's do it. Yeah, the, one of the core parts of the Oxford definition, but also the mm-hmm. definition that the philosophers use, is that at a core, sports are entertainment. Mm-hmm. And what is art? Oh, Inter- art. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. It's Stop a, it. Stop teasing this. We're not. We're we're not going down the wormhole. Never are. Um. My conclusions is that I don't know. I still don't know for sure if I, in my heart, believe sports are an art. Mm-hmm. But I believe, ex- outside of the aesthetic sports. Like, the thing is, yeah. But I believe all sports have a certain artistic element to it. And mm-hmm. that's what I thrive on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that is about time. Um, if we have two ways to go with this. Um, so I'll let the fans decide. Um, next week's episode could either be um, wrestling <laughs> in anime, where we talk about um, the, the, con- oh, the, sorry. the kind of connections between both. And if you're watching wrestling, you should just be watching anime. And if you're watching anime, why aren't you watching wrestling? Um, or we can do our video games art. Let's do it. Oh, wait. This is an audience vote. My yeah. Bad. The thing is, I feel like the, our video games art question it sounds easy, but we're going to be it's 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 inevitably going to be breaking down into what is art, which is <laughs> annoying for us. Yeah. So. I, I already have my vote. It's a more in-depth yeah. talk than you think. Yes is the answer. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes, but there's multiple asterisks. Mm-hmm. And then we also have to check out my AI art because a lot of video game designers are using AI to help. That like, seems so backwards. No, sorry. They're not using AI to make the, the art concept. Some games are, but they're being called out on it. They're using AI. Because AI has apparently been in a thing in games for like... A bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like decades. And I, I I guess I never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like... So since AIs are getting a lot better, a lot of people are using... Huh. We can use a lot of AIs to take up a lot of the... Um, main workload of making games. And so we're going to be talking about what aspects of game are the artistic bits. But No, I was going to start just going to say something about our world and the way we live in it and why can't a person just do that? Why can't you just pay a person and not work them to death? But you know, you know. Yeah, I know. That was it. That was it. I just didn't want to leave the... <laughs> no, that's fair. I just didn't want to leave the stage. You can yank me off. Get, so, get the little shepherd's pool. Um, it's going to be audience choice. Um, mm-hmm. This has been Derek. Oh, it's me, Asia. And Sam. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.